the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome to the Staff and Craft Podcast, uh, part of the Hockey News Network. I'm Mike Stevens, and sitting virtually across me is the one and only future first female gem, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? So I, I have a question. Just before we hopped on to record, you tweeted out a Bumble opening message. I I need to know about this. Like, I need to know, is this like a normal message you would receive on Bumble? Like, walk me through this situation. Well, um, so I, I don't check Bumble very often. Um, I'm not a big Bumble guy, honestly, if, if we're being, if we're going to be honest okay. about this, I just have never, like, I don't know why it just never really does for me. I, I'm not a big person on dating apps in general, like lately, especially, but the other day I was like, you know what? I need some validation. Cause I don't really go on looking for like, for someone I'm going to date, you know, like, like. I, I, <laughs> I what is it's for validation. Then? It's for, oh, it's for, okay. it's for, you know, having physical or like actual proof that someone, someone out there might think I'm handsome. Um, so I, I think you're handsome. Well, I appreciate that. But right. So does my sister. That's true. And that, that's really all I ever have needed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, so I did that and, and I checked, uh, I checked it this morning, <clears throat> excuse me. And I got in. I like I don't have a ton of like sports stuff on there, but like it does make you list your job, um, and I think I have one picture of me. No, I took because it's it's so long ago that I took it off. It's from so long ago that I took it off. But I do, but like I think they put your job on there, so I guess they assume that I you know that I know about hockey and you know based on my Twitter mentions, I you know they they could be not not be more wrong. Um, but yeah, <laughs> someone someone messaged me, and on Bumble, the woman has to start the conversation or the person like. You know, the, the, like it, yeah, basically the, the, the woman has to start the conversation. Yes. The woman yes. has to start the conversation. So how she started it with me is choke me like the Leafs choke in the playoffs. Oh Lord. And, and to that, I say like, if you really wanted me to do that, you're just asking me to kill you basically. <laughs> like, like the kind of choking the Leafs do in the playoffs is not playful choking. It's the, it's hardcore stuff. And also that is hardcore stuff and also and i am not doing that so eerily close to potentially choking in the first round because uh goalies but that's a story for another day oh boy you know what rachel i'm glad we're recording now because i might be starting for the leafs tonight <laughs> like get, so. you, get your booty on a plane I gotta, and yeah i gotta get my butt to to, to tampa get started they're gonna literally pull george from clearwater florida and he's going to be the on NHL the... will the NHL will let the Leafs like for anyone who not who doesn't know the situ- the situation you know to sign Matthew Nyes they um, they had to create cap space which is so they sent Wayne Simmons down and uh, and then they signed Matthew Nyes and Matt Murray's unavailable so they had to sign a you know a, basically amateur guys to ATOs and then you know because they played a guy short you know they were. The, they thought, oh, it'll be great. We can call Wall up for an emer- 
you know, in, in emergency circumstances, have him at zero at, at zero dollars against the cap because it's an emergency. But no. Meanwhile, the Boston Bruins have recalled half of the Providence Bruins on emergency protocols the other day. Um, but you know, the NHL I is biased in Toronto's a, favor. Clearly, I made a TikTok explaining everything um, at Puck Bucks on TikTok. I actually like spoke to somebody at the NHL to yep. make sure I had everything ironed out. Um, so if you want an explanation as to yes. why it happened last night happened, go watch that. Um, yeah, I will go say follow that, Rachel on TikTok. Um, and box. I'll have a piece coming uh, tomorrow just kind of breaking down um, emergency recalls and why the NHL is silly in terms of how they manage their rules. But let's talk about fun things because there have been sure. a couple of records broken since we last recorded. Let's do it. Um, all right. Starting with McDavid hits 150 points. Have you heard of this man before? I've heard of him. He's incredible. Seems seems good at the hockey thing. Yeah. He uh, Look, man, McDavid just does, like, whenever I, I'm a big, like, wh- how I do it is I, um, I, like, if I, I, I can't watch every hockey game every night, obviously, like, you know, it's just impossible. How dare you? So I watch all the like I watch all of the the ten minute highlight packs that the NHL puts on their YouTube channel the next morning. Like at, like oh those oh, are actually good. They're actually very good. They're very like they're very extensive. Like they they show everything. Like there's certain times where I'll watch a game and something like embarrassing happens and I'll watch the highlights back and they cl- cleverly cut it out and I'm like ah you know keep it in. But boo. <laughs> um but it's but like and, and so I always watch the com the compilations as well that come up with like you know best goals of March or whatever. And I literally think that they should have just like a separate compilation for McDavid each month because like half of half of every goal compilation, like half of like the best goals in March, best goals of February, it's all McDavid goals. He's he he is like a walking Harlem Globetrotter, except he's doing this against like the best players who've ever played this game. Yeah. So like I did. Um, we're going to talk about Eric Carlson, too, but I looked back at the seasons and obviously you have to era adjust and i think a lot of people forget because obviously 150 is an astronomical number but in the covid like remember the year remember as if you wouldn't remember this remember the, the when the hockey season stopped because of covid no covid has never uh yeah <laughs> happened never happened it didn't happen um mcdavid was averaging two points a game that is actually his best season this is not technically his best season on a per game standard which is absolutely ridiculous to think about the fact that somebody could average two points per game over an entire season is insane um but you look at this and he's got 150 points like the problem you have and i i saw some people talking about it on twitter especially when eric carlson was coming up he has 69 power play points of his 150. That's 46%. So that's like almost half his production on the power play. That's absolutely insane. And, and, and hilarious. Like, yes, obviously, I mean, if half of your points are on the power play, like that needs to be taken into consideration. But if you took away every single power play point he scored, he would still be a point per game. That's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> actually insane man that's that's unbelievable so yeah like he's and like 80 percent. you know how um remember at the beginning of the season we were talking about like 
predictions like is Tage Thompson going to be able to like repeat his season and and like what are things that you look for to see if if stats are repeatable one of the things that's like a dead giveaway of maybe falling off is if you have a lot of secondary assists Mm -hmm. right yes 80 percent of McDavid's points are either goals or primary assists it's like the most by far in the NHL 80% 80% of this guy's goals are co- and points are considered repeatable. Oh my God. <laughs> like, that's so insane. I, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, he, he's doing stuff that we just like, that just is like, it, you know, when people say video game numbers, like as someone who has played through many seasons of like be a pro and someone who loves realism to the point where like, I will sim games. Like if, if my team is on like a winning streak, like if the yeah. team that I'm playing on is on a winning streak and it's getting too ridiculous, I will sim games until we lose a couple just to make it realistic. Um, and McDavid is like is basically doing stuff that like if if McDavid like if I was hitting the the numbers that McDavid was, I would like I I would I would sim a couple games and and keep keep doing it until I'm pointless in those games just to make it realistic. Just because it seems like it's breaking the mold and he is doing that. Like in real life, he's in, he's incredible. I think I saw a stat: McDavid has more three-point games this year than games with zero points. Yeah, that's think about that's that for unbelievable. That's <laughs> he's so he's tied for third in five-on-five points. That's not even strength points. That's specifically five-on-five because even strength could be three-on-three, three and that's like barely hockey. Yeah. Um, but he's tied for third. In five-on-five five points, he's behind Nathan McKinnon and the guy that we're going to talk about Man. in Eric Carlson. But here's a weird one. So he's tied for second in five-on-five five goals. That makes a lot of sense because he has more than 60 goals. He's 29th in five-on-five five assists, and I think that's probably power play related, no? Yes. Like, when you pick up 46% of your points on the power play, eventually, like, you're going to falter. Yes. And yet he's still 29th in terms of, like, counting stats. <laughs> this guy is, he's honestly insane. And I think it was, like, I want to say it was, like, a year and a half ago. You and I were talking about it. And I, I remember telling you, I'm like, this guy has another level. Like, he, he has another level. And he got there. And I am absolutely terrified to see if he has another level in the playoffs. Because that would be insane. Like, there's no way there's another level after this. I don't... Is it even possible, like, physically? I don't know. Like, he's he's doing stuff that we never thought would be seen in the modern era. Yeah, like, the last guy to do this was a guy named Mario Lemieux. He was pretty good. <laughs> Have potentially heard of that man before. So here's a question for you. Yeah. He's obviously never won an Olympic gold. He's never won a cup. He's never even been to a cup final. Mm-hmm. If he retired after this season is he a hockey hall of famer i feel like he kind of has to be the thing is is that the hockey hall of fame values longevity but bobby orr got the exception i feel like mcdavid gets that exception no but bobby orr won cups Ooh, you know what you're that's a great point that's the thing i i i think he should just by merit i think he should be but like the way the hockey hall of fame looks at it like (laughs) It values long. And you know what? Like, I'm a big believer in that the Hockey Hall of Fame should be the Hall of Fame. Like, the Hall of Stars. Like, it should be it should be very difficult 
you know, to get yeah, like sorry, but Dino Cicerelli should yeah, be like, in there. Yeah, like like friggin' Robbie Fatoric and guys like like no, it should be it should be like the the hockey hall of like legends, like someone like gen like dominant people who were dominant in their era for like at least a five six year stretch throughout that and played and were very very good. And I mean, David is that. I just don't think he. I, I don't think he has the. And it's a shame because we're judging him on team hardware. Like he, he is not think, look at the man. He has the individual hardware. Look at what the, look at the management groups he's been latched to as well. Like he had to, most of his, the early part of his career was wasted by Peter Shirelli in one of the worst GM performances in, in modern history. And then Ken, Ken Holland saved it all with one trade. But before that it was careening towards a similar situation. So he is. We talk about like a thousand points being like if you have a thousand points, you're pretty much going in the hall. Yes. <laughs> he has played eight seasons, and in three of those seasons, they're not remotely close to full seasons. Like 45, 64, 56 games. Those aren't remotely close. How many points do you think he has in his career? He's gotta be like He's gotta be like six hundred, probably. Am I way off? Yeah. How many he points? He has 848 points. <laughs> Dude, he could hit 1,000 points next year. He probably will. He probably will hit 1,000 points at the end of year. next year. That's absolutely insane. That he has is... 64 game winning goals. 64. Has anyone has anyone had a 100 had a 150 point season and not made the hall? Uh, so everyone who has a 150 point season and a 60 goal season has made the Hall of Fame. He has both in the same year. Is Den- Dennis Marouk in the Hall of Fame? I'm not 100 percent sure because he had a 60 goal season. Hmm. So he might be. We'll the, have to check on that. He might be he the might only be. person is not. But like, I think it's it's hard, dude. As much as I. Like but I, there are zero people with 150 points and 60 goals that aren't in yeah, the Hall of Fame because he, I'm pretty sure it's Gretzky and Lemieux. I think that should probably qualify him <laughs> if he retired today, you know, like just, but thankfully if we're he's gonna not talk about. Yeah. Like I think there's a few players where like they're playing in the NHL right now and they're in the hall of fame. Like yeah. Sid is in the hall of fame. Malkin Ovechkin in the hall of fame. fame. Yeah. Malkin, probably Latang. He's got three cups and two Olympic golds. I think the uh, person we're about to talk to next should be that. Who is that? It's Eric Carlson who got a hundred who crossed the 100-point threshold as a defenseman um, in a single season for the first time since be- since many years before Rachel or I were a glint in our parents' eyes. Like, My parents were not even dating the last time yeah. a defenseman got 100 points. It's it's insane. We weren't even <laughs> reproductive material at that point. We were, like, it, we, we, we didn't even exist in, in any platform of, of existence. And... Eric Carlson did it, and he did it on a just absolutely terrible team. No, no help around him whatsoever. You know, it's not like he's he's, you know, it's not like he, he he's he's getting lobs from you know Connor McDavid. It's not like Connor <laughs> McDavid's setting him up for one timers on every power play. This is a guy who is on a team that is very likely going to finish either last, second last, around that could get the first overall pick, and he got a hundred points. How many points? Let's let's rewind. We'll do a okay. Uh, middle of February, mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers acquire Eric Carlson. How many points does McDavid have, and how many points does Eric Carlson have today? I think Carlson. 
McDavid's I, probably at 165. I think it would take Carlson like a couple games to acclimate. But then I think after that, because keep in mind, he'd be adding to a power, to a power play in Edmonton <laughs> that is like operating at like 42% or something. Like it's And Darnell Nurse would lose his spot on the power play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think Carlson would honestly be at like 115 points right now. Like I think he would be. That is so great. But he would, That's Bobby Orr. I'm That's on, Bobby Orr. 100%. And I'm, and I'm honestly... <clears throat> I'm honestly kind of happy that he didn't get traded now in, in retrospect, because if he did get traded to, to the Oilers, we wouldn't be able to appreciate this because everyone would be saying, Oh, he's just a power play merchant. Oh, he's just getting like, it would, it would be used him being on that power play would be used to sort of like, I guess, take away from his incredible, his incredible accomplishment. Whereas like you look at this now, look what he's done now. He is leading the league not defensemen the league the national hockey league in five on five points this season and we just finished talking about a guy who has 150 points what he what eric carlson is doing is he's basically beating michael phelps in a swimming race despite living in a desert like he has nothing (laughs) he has nothing around him no one to help him and he and he is a defenseman coming on you know uh, an injury hobbled defenseman mind you who scored hundred points. And I think there is a, like, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit now. I, I might as well, is that like, I think there is a level to a defenseman's offensive acumen that they can reach where you go. It really doesn't matter how good they are defensively. Yeah. Like, let me ask you this, this year only, like you don't get to t- account for any past performance. Yeah. You obviously like the Leafs. I cover you get them. to yeah, you get to, well, you grew up liking the Leafs. I grew up liking the Leafs. That yeah. The fandom was beaten out of me many oh, years ago. Oh my God, yeah. You get to pick one defenseman to add to your team this year. Given the issues with the Leafs and, and how they, like, what their weaknesses are, what their strengths are, you get to pick one defenseman to add for a cup run. Who is it? From a non-playoff team. Oh, from so a non-playoff mean, team. So no Charlie McAvoy, no Kale McCarr, no Victor Hedman. Like, you get to pick one from a non-playoff team. So that could be Quinn Hughes, who I think is having a super he's underrated a, season. Oh my god, he's a point-per-game player. No one's talking about it. Uh, Eric Carlson, Roman Yossi, mm-hmm. Rasmus it's, Anderson. It's, I think it's Eric Carlson. It's absolutely year. Eric Carlson. Are you kidding me? Like, Eric, dude, Eric Carlson, like, like we said, like 100... Okay, I, I would say that our lifetimes, Rachel, are enough to say that they're a generation. Like we yes, are a generation. We're gonna be thirty. We're gonna be thirty <laughs> soon, like in three years. Which just give me a second to freaking jump off a building after hearing that. <laughs> but um, like it's like Carlson is a generate. He's putting up a generational season. He has not done this in like we're twenty seven. He hasn't done it in thirty years. This he's done something. Sorry, he's doing something. Like no one has put up 100 points as a defenseman in 30 years. He just did that with surrounded by by nobody. You and know. we're talking about who should win the Norris. Like for years and years and years, it was basically just the best offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. You have a guy who put up offensive numbers we haven't seen in a generation, and now we're quibbling about it. I don't think that it's as locked up as some people may think. Like I do think that that there are a couple other defensemen that you know might have have a claim to it just based on their two-way play but man like carlson like you have you have to reward generational success you know yeah i think like and and this huge thing first of all anybody using plus minus is a silly goose 
But he's minus 21 this season. So I went and obviously looked at numbers. He's minus 21 and and plus minus is only for five on five play. He's been on the ice for 20 empty net goals against. So you, what does that take him to? Minus one. But he's also, I wanted to do it the other way to be fair. He's been on the ice for four empty net goals for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now he's minus five. If he is, if his stat line says minus five and 101 points, are we even having this it's discussion? It's a totally different conversation that we're having. And and that's the thing is like people just forget to account for that. In Dom Luschishin's model, he's top five for defensemen in game score value added this year. In Evolving Hockey, those are like the two best kind of all-encapsulating yeah. models. He's in the 97th percentile for games above replacement, which is like your value mm-hmm. or your goals above replacement. So he is a top five defenseman in the league, generally speaking, who also has 100 points. And he's doing it like I could name you five guys on Colorado, on Boston, on the Rangers, on the Devils. He has an individual expected goals created of 7.37 this year. His just... closest teammate has less than half of that. Oh, yeah. And he's fifth for D, like in the league. So he's fifth despite having guys that, even as somebody who worked in hockey, I have barely heard of. He had, like, like, imagine if he, like, place him. Sorry for all the the coughing here, guys. Um, Place him on an even, like, like, even somewhat competent blue line. Like, then all of this, because he's playing an insane amount of minutes. He's tasked with all these things. Like, imagine... Place him on Ottawa. Yeah, but, like, imagine where he doesn't have to focus on defense as much as he is. Like, he's doing this while still having to be, like, the quote-unquote top defenseman on his team. Like, imagine... He's playing 25 minutes a night. (laughs) Imagine imagine he can just... Imagine him in a scenario where he can get the majority of offensive zone starts and where he doesn't have to, you know, where he can log 23 minutes or 22 minutes or even 20 minutes, you know? Like, like where, where you can just be... You can, you can, you know, sort of, like... Load him as like a like a a weapon and point him at a team. You know, like it's it's imagine incredible. if he was imagine this. Imagine if the Toronto Maple Leafs D pairings were such: Eric Carlson, T.J. Brody, okay, Mark Giordano, Jake McCabe, okay, and somebody and Timothy Lilligren, Luke Shen. You mean Morgan Riley and Timothy Lilligren? No, because he probably has to be traded. To make room for Carlson. Like, let's just say you replace Eric Carlson with Morgan Riley. Or oh, you replace Morgan Riley with Eric Carlson. Look, I love Morgan Riley, but that's an infinitely... I would take that trade in a heartbeat. But that's but that's exactly the point you're making. Where, like, you have TJ Brody can play defense. Jake McCabe can play defense. Mark Giordano can play defense. Timothy Lilligren. Luke Shen. Like, they can all play defense. Eric Carlson won't have to see the ice except for offensive zone starts. And you could just tell him, run loose. Like, your job is not to be defensive at this point your job is to keep the puck in the offensive zone right so if you replaced morgan riley with eric carlson like don't get me wrong we know how much i love morgan riley on this podcast but like that i would be absolutely terrified to deal with that because now you're making outlet passes it's the same thing in edmonton carlson would then be making outlet passes to mcdavid and dreisaitl and kane or matthews and marner and um nylander that's absolutely terrifying the fact that this guy put up these numbers with half a season of timo meyer and like thomas hurdle is wild 
Yeah, it's insane. And I don't think he's getting like people are like, oh, we're talking about it enough. No, I don't think you understand. We are having a season where two things that haven't happened in 30 years or more are occurring. And that like this, we may not have another season like this for a very long time where two, actually three records, because we're about to get into another one, like the amount of record breaking that's gone on this year has been incredible which leads us to the boston bruins they have 63 wins in a season incredible yes, but there's not tanking teams this year mike did you know listen <laughs> i don't know who can come with that argument like Connor Bedard, what <laughs> listen the boston bruins have done a phenomenal job like this is this is a team i think it's also i think this is almost even more impressive than any we've ever seen because just of how much um how how like against the grain it's been everybody had boston kind of falling, falling off a back this it, it, like dom had it micah had it everybody like the hockey men had it we said you know what maybe boston finishes second or third in the division this year maybe they're a wild card had boston not signed mitchell miller this would have been a perfect season like zero blemishes you had Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron and Nick Foligno coming out and being supportive and inclusive. You have a fantastic season. You have David Pasternak getting 60 goals. You have Linus Allmark scoring a literal goalie goal. And becoming, like, one, like arguably the, the best goalie in the league at this point. Like, And there would be zero blemishes on the record this season for the Bruins had they not made that one giant error. But, so, okay... Jay Fresh, Jack Fraser, put out a chart, and it was about goal share. So basically, like, what is the percentage of goals that are scored in the Bruins games that the Bruins actually scored this year? And it was like, they were like sixth place with 64% of the goals. So if all of the goals in Bruins games were combined this year, the Bruins would have 64% of them. And it's like three Montreal Canadiens teams from the 70s ahead of them, and like one other team, I think it's like the Red Wings. And, like, there was no salary cap at that point. And Montreal had exclusive access to Quebec players. So, like, Jean Beliveau and Guy Lafleur and, like, all of those French players were Montreal. There was no draft. Like, that's not a thing. Just, I don't know. Where does this stack up for you? Is it is it the best regular season of all time? I think it is. I honestly do. I think it's, I, I, I honestly think it is like, like you said, just, just because of how against expectations, um, it was. And the cap. And the, obviously like the cap and everything, but like they, like, I, like I legitimately think that it would, that, that I thought at the start of the year with the injuries that they face at the start of the season too, like right. Marshawn, like remember it was expected that like. McAvoy, McAvoy Marshawn. and Marshawn were supposed to miss like half the season. Like most of their most of their decor was like really banged up. They had to sign um uh, what's his name? What's his name? Rachel, what's his name? It's a defense I, defenseman. Who did they sign to a PTO? I'm lose I can't believe I'm I don't even remember. But like they were playing Derek Forbert 20 minutes at the beginning of the season. How it I was kind of wild. He's, it'll come back to you, but like, okay, so 1977 is the best Montreal, the 1977 Montreal Canadiens were the best regular season team by goal share. 
And at the time, Strawman. They 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 signed Anton oh. Strawman to a friggin' PTO, and he was playing minutes at the start of the season. <laughs> I forgot about that. You're right. And the way so like, and and the way that they 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 saw they 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 handled that, and they came out to put forth the the most wins ever, is unbelievable. Yeah, like their scouting, their analytics, their coaching, all deserve like a ton of credit. So like in 1977, which is widely considered the best regular season team of all time. There were 18 teams in the National Hockey League. There are 32 today. I I did some math. So in 1977, when Montreal had their fantastic season, like just all through the 70s, out of 18 teams, there were eight teams with less than 30 wins. That's almost half the league. That is one short of half the league. And they played 80 games. So don't give me this. They played less games. They played two less. This year, there are 32 teams, so double the teams, basically. And seven teams have less than 30 regulation and overtime wins. I did not count shootout wins because those would not have those would be considered ties in the olden days. So we only counted regulation and overtime wins. So we have more teams in the modern era and less teams. That are worse. So this notion that the Bruins are beating up on teams because more teams are tanking is just not true. A greater percent, a much greater percentage of the league was horrendous in the 70s. And we all knew that to be true. And if you look at it, like the Bruins have 52 regulation wins, 59 regulation and overtime wins. So they only have four shootout wins. So even under like the old rules, they would still have 59 wins. Like... Tampa by like Tampa had a great season 2018 2019 I believe Mm -hmm. and they only had 49 regulation wins oh like if you think about how good that Tampa team was the first year like they that year that first year they were like Tampa Tampa they're not even as good as this Bruins team that the (laughs) the Tampa year where they where they got uh, swept by the Blue Jackets you're talking about yeah like that was the year where Everyone in the regular season was like, oh boy, Tampa's good. And then they got smoked in the first round and they have been absolutely terrifying ever since. I remember the, I remember the, like the, the consensus around that team, like the, the odds around that, not the odds, the, the aura of that team was like, what's the point of even showing up to the first round? They're just going to beat you. Like you might as well just forfeit and save us all the trouble. And yet like they, they lost, but like this Bruins team, the funny thing is too, is like they've, they've. You know, they've set the wins record. They've done everything you could possibly do to show themselves as being one of, if not the most dominant, like, regular season team in NHL history. And yet, I'm still not scared of them. That's the thing. is, And I think the reason that I'm maybe not as scared is because we we know what we know about aging curves. We know what we know about resting players. And Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, like, they're old. And at some point, I mean... Less so Patrice Bergeron, because until I actually see it with my eyeballs, I won't believe it. But as they get deeper, they are going to not be as good. It happened with Zdeno Chara. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, Linus Ulmerich and Jeremy Swimmon have yet to play in the playoffs. Like, James Reimer was absolutely fantastic in 2013 in the regular season. And the playoffs hit, and all hell broke loose. It was not good. And I'm not saying that they're not better than James Reimer. They very obviously are. But 
if they falter in the playoffs because they lack experience, and that is a possibility, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a possibility, Boston does not have the depth to replace anybody like a Bergeron, like a Krejci, or an Allmark Swayman situation, right? They have a depth on the back end, but man, oh man, they would be in trouble if any of their top two centers faltered or if their goalies falter. But I want yeah. them to win because I just want them to be considered the best team, right? We're in a salary cap era. There's a bunch of constraints. There's shenanigans every four and a half seconds from the league. It'd be nice to just say, okay, like this is a newer modern style of how we play the game, how we view players. And so for Boston to kind of run the table and win the cup, like I think, I think it would actually give everybody an appropriate measuring stick in the modern era. Yeah. You're right. Right? Like basketball has the Golden State Warriors. Football has the New England Patriots. Like, hockey doesn't have that. We're comparing teams to, like, the 70s Canadians. Like, how about we just don't? That's, like, not even the same game. It's, it's, dude, you're getting, like, carpenters in net. You know, like, it's... Freezing the puck was illegal until, like, I don't, I, mean, I think it was, like, the early 70s. Yeah. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was at a time when, like, you know, two-line passes were not allowed and stuff like it's no no let's just not this and guys is, played without helmets yeah <laughs> like think about that this is potentially the i would say this is potentially the uh like the greatest regular season we've ever seen like i really do like it based, and if they win the cup they'll be the greatest team yeah single season team in the history of the league the thing is and, and that's the enigma with this team where it's like they could they could win the cup or they could or they could lose in like five in the first round and I wouldn't really be shocked with either. I'm interested to see what happens. I'm very Either interested. way, kudos to the Bruins, because regardless of what happens in the playoffs, this is the greatest regular season of all time, and I don't think that should be taken away from them. 100%. All right. Now, it's going to be Rachel's turn to do the uh, pick movie characters uh, and, and, and relate them to NHL players. You know, we've done it with the Batman. We did it with the Avengers. We did it with, the, with another set of the Avengers. So now let's do, let's switch it up. Let's go to the world of uh, of Mean Girls, shall we? Um, so we got Regina George, we got Katie, we got Karen, Gretchen, Damien, and Janice. Rachel's going to pick an NHL player that best represents each of them. Rachel, yeah. let's start with the Queen Bee. Let's start with Regina George. Okay, so Regina's like kind of just likes to drop bombs and let, let chaos happen around her. Mm-hmm. She's also like the Queen Queen whatever i don't know queen bay she's the queen the queen you know yeah she's serving and, serving sea bomb if you will yeah um i'm gonna go with nikita kucherov oh that's a good that's a good one that's a really good one i'm gonna go with kucherov because he serves chaos all the time whether he is like cross-checking people in the head or scoring a bunch of really cool goals or yelling number one bs at the podium like, he's just unhinged all the time. And I feel like that's Regina George. If any NHLer has a burn book, I would say it's probably Nikita Kucherov. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. All right. Katie, Lindsay so Lohan's Katie's, character. Yeah. How would you describe Katie? She is a, um, she's precocious, if you will. Um, but she also, uh, she start well. She starts the movie out right as like you know this sort of trying to be sort of a fly on the wall, 
Um, but then she gets a little taste of power, and uh, and then she sort of morphs into, I guess, a Regina George clone. So maybe someone, maybe someone who's like quiet and sort of non non suspecting, but then you know can can rise to the occasion, maybe. Oh, so hmm, and we can't do retired players. Unfortunately, then that's, not. I was gonna say because then it's Justin Williams. Um, yeah. I am going to go with... I don't think Jordan Everly is good enough to be considered in this no, situation. For, I know I know where you're going. I'm going to go Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I can see that. Because he was fantastic in the playoffs last year. He's sort of like... He was an afterthought originally with McHale, uh, with McCarr, McKinnon, and Landeskog. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go... Miko Rantanen, because he can also be a bit of a, a pain in the rear end and a villain. So yes. I'm going to go with Miko Rantanen. 100%. Um, okay. Karen. Hmm. Now, Karen is Amanda Seyfried's character. She's the one whose boobs can tell the weather <laughs> it's because she has ESPN, as she likes to call it. Um, so just extraordinarily dumb. Right? What, yes. Like, Dumb, but and kind of unassuming. Yeah, I know okay. who I'd, I'd put. Who would you put? Basically, it's basically it's like the NHL's version of like a himbo, you know. Oh my god! Then I know who it is. Who is it? It's Elias Pettersson. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna go Zegris too. Zegris is pretty oh, himbo. You know what? Yep, it's Trevor Zegris. We're gonna save PD for like a, yeah. a Disney a Disney superhero. Okay, so we're gonna go Trevor Zegris. All right, I like that. I like I like Trevor Zegers, yeah, because he comes off as being extremely silly and like a little bit out to lunch, and like those videos that Anaheim puts out of him being scared all the time from from Kevin Shattenkirk like jumping at him, so funny. It's high comedy, so I get it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then we got Gretchen Wieners. So Gretchen is a try the equivalent a nepo baby. Yeah, she's a nepo baby. She's a try hard. Um, she wants to fit in, but isn't quite the star of the show. Like, if I were to... Yeah. Oh, boy. This one's going to get me in trouble. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's Jack Hughes. The disrespect. <laughs> wow. Because he is a Nepo baby, Jim Hughes. Yeah. Comes from a well-known family in the community. Okay, the Hughes family is super well-known. He's the star of his family. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But he isn't quite in the same echelon as McDavid, Matthews, and McKinnon. Damn. Yeah. And Kucher. Yeah? Yeah. 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 All right. I got I got I, I say that's that's probably legit. Um all right, Damien. Oh my god. How do you how does one describe I have no idea how to <laughs> I, I don't I, I honestly wouldn't know who to put for Damien. I would say so who's the chaos? Actually, you know what? Let's do Janice first, because it's like Janice and uh, Damien are kind of the... I want to say they're outcasts, but they're also like main characters. So who's an outcast in the NHL, but also a main character? You know what I mean? Like somebody that like pops up all the time, Agent of Chaos. Um, This is a tough one. This is a... Is it Brady Kachuk? It might be just because he's like well, like Brady Kachuk is also kind of like 
like Damien is like a good character, you know, like he's like you, you rooting for him. He's a good dude, you know? So I would say Brady to Kachuk is he, yeah, I would say that. I is just, cause I can't think of anyone else. Agent. Well, we, we already used Kadri, so we can't, we can't use Kadri. Agent of absolute chaos. Oh man. I feel like it's a lesser known player that maybe we're just like missing out on. Like, is Kirill Kaprizov an agent of chaos? He's definitely chaotic. He's not Damien, though. No, Janice. Oh, Janice? Oh, I, I would... You know what? Kirill Kaprizov is really good, because Janice really doesn't care about anything, and believe me, I've seen... Believe me, when Kirill <laughs> Kaprizov hit me with a soccer ball as I was walking into Scotiabank Arena, he did not care. And, you know, and I think if Janice hit me with a soccer ball, she wouldn't care either. And I saw him at the All-Star game. He was... And uh, he he excruciatingly like, he he did not care. To didn't it. care. He cared about how much he didn't care. So it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it was, it, yeah, so I would say, yeah, that's actually a really good one. Yeah. All right. So that leaves us with Damien, who is like Kaprizov's sidekick guy. Like, but Zuc- is just put Zuccarello. I was going to say, it's probably got to be Zuc- yeah. Zuccarello, right? Yeah. And also, like, he gets described weirdly. And remember when Paul Fenton described yes. Matt Zuccarello as a lizard? As- <laughs> He's like a lizard. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to go um, either Kaprizov or um, Matt Boldy, but I feel like I feel like Zuccarello matches Kaprizov here. He's like his his little sidekick, if you will. Yeah. All right, so let's go through what we got here. This is the cast of Mean Girls. Regina George is Nikita Kucherov. Katie is Miko Rantanen. Karen is Trevor Zegras. Gretchen is Jack Hughes. Janice is Kirill Kaprizov. Damien is Mad Zuccarello. Should we pick a coach for the teacher? What is the teacher's name? I forget her name. I, I, oh, like Tina Fey? Oh, I, I, yeah. I honestly have no idea. I would say, like, probably Marty St. Louis. Yeah, that's probably a good one. Who knows? All right. Well, those are our She's just girls. cool enough to be like a, like, like Tina Fey's teacher is like, like teacher character she's like just cool enough to like relate to the kids but also is a little like a little aloof so she's not like you know just one of the students kind of and we forgot one main character i can't believe we forgot who aaron samuel oh oh that's got to be trevor zegris no trevor zegris is karen oh we already did that oh geez um aaron samuels Ooh. okay so he's like He's the quarterback of the football team. He's also not insanely smart. But he's he's hot. But he's uber uber hot. Um Ooh. This is this, who's like the dumbest player. <laughs> but that's also like extra Is it Tyler Sagan? Yo, that's a really <laughs> good one. Yeah, Tyler Sagan. Absolutely. It's Tyler Sagan. And I'm not saying Sagan's an idiot, but like, no, but like, you, they, have, they radiate things. the same energy for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely Tyler Sagan. Okay. I like this. We we have done the NHL Mean Girls movie, and I guess that's it. That's all we got. Yeah. So, yeah. We, yeah. So, in recap, we have uh, Nikita Kucherov as Regina George, Nico Rantanen as Katie, uh, Trevor Zegras as Karen, Jack Hughes as Gretchen Wieners, Matt Zuccarello as Damien, Kirill Kaprizov as Janice, and Tyler Sagan as Aaron Samuels. That's amazing. I like I like that lineup. I like that. That's very good. 
Um, we, we've nailed it again. We've nailed it again. Wow. Once again, we are right in our analysis. Um, all right. Rachel, it's been a pleasure. Um, you go enjoy uh, uh, Bayern as much as you can because I know it's very stressful. <clears throat> and uh, and I will work, focus on trying to get this cough under control. Um, on that note, I will. we will bid you farewell. We'll see you later this week. <laughs> <laughs>